Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Sarah Ald Show. 7 FM, The Big Talker. We are back. Thank you for listening to the Sarah Ald Show. I'm your host, Sarah Ald. Guys, today I want to talk to you all about taking responsibility, taking accountability, and what it means when something is other people's fault, something else's fault, uh, or again, our responsibility. So when we place blame on our external environment or on other people, and the first time your friend might tell you or a family member might tell you that you can't put the blame on others, that you need to take accountability, the really important part about that sentence is that when you're blaming other people, the opposite is not to blame yourself. We're outputting the negative That doesn't mean we need to be inputting the negative, right? Really, we don't need to be doing either. So if we can stop outputting the negative with the word blame, not internally blame ourselves, but to turn that blame, that word blame, into a positive factor of ownership. So from blame to ownership. Now let's talk about ownership and accountability and blame. So... Anything in our life, if you think about any time you failed an exam, you were late to work, somebody broke up with you, maybe you lost your job, uh, maybe you got cut from a team, anything that you can relate to that you just felt didn't go according to plan in your life, it is always possible to blame that situation on something else. Or someone else. We can always say, oh, the coach cut me. It's the coach's fault. Oh, that teacher failed me. It's the teacher's fault. And all of these small things, all of these, you know, I mean, they are big down the road, but the more we blame a little bit at a time, sooner or later, we have completely lost control over our life. And obviously, the point of this show and the point of life and the point of Health Possible is to take ownership, massive ownership of all of those situations, uh, all of those feelings in order to control them. So now we know, right, we do know, I feel that this is obvious, but we know that when we blame someone or something else, we've given away the ownership. We've said, here, this is your fault. This is on your plate. I can't do anything about it because it was your doing. Take this from me. And that's what we do. We take our control and we say, here, take this. Take control from me. It's your fault. It's that thing's fault. And when we, t- when we give away the control, now we have no way to better the situation. It's out of our control. And when we do that, our life becomes out of control. Okay, so let's move to the positive side. So now when we assume the accountability, I should have studied harder. I should have practiced harder. I should have showed up on time. All of the things you could have done to help with those situations, even the relationship. I mentioned a really drastic one. I said a breakup. It's the other person's fault. Well, you know, sometimes the situations, those things might be true. But even in instances where hurt and pain, being hurt 
and having pain inflicted on us from maybe a maybe a relationship in your relationship maybe somebody cheated on you no getting none of those things are literally your fault but maybe we can take a look in the mirror at some point and just say maybe it's who I hang out with Maybe I'm not surrounding myself with good people. And I don't know these people are bad. I don't know these people are going to treat me poorly. Get outsider perspective. Uh, Take a look at what those people are doing in their lives. Is that someone you would want to trade places with in life? Is that someone you would take advice from? If you're not willing to trade places with them for a day, you definitely should never take advice from them. And I would also, personally, I wouldn't date somebody I couldn't take advice from, right? Now, that's a personal relationship aspect. Moving forward, when we take back the responsibility, we now have control over as much as possible. And we can't always say, yeah, I should have practiced harder. Yeah, I should have studied harder for my exam. And sometimes those things don't work out in the end no matter what you do. But the guaranteed factor of all of this is that without taking control in any manner, to any extent, you will never change them versus the opposite. Blaming others we know doesn't get us anywhere in life. It just allows us to not have to deal with it not have to care about it. I took a year off, not even a year. I just took a few months off. It was one season of my college soccer career. I took off the fall, the on season of my junior year, and I went back and played for the off season in the spring, but I took off my fall season junior year, and I was so angry at life and at myself. I was trying to pay bills, I was trying to pass my classes. I was trying to go to practice. I was working a graveyard shift at a bar. It just seemed like it never ended. And when I quit, I I was also frustrated that I had been getting benched a lot my sophomore year. And I really don't remember. I, I was not good until my senior year, I personally believe. I mean, junior year, I spent that fall practicing alone, trying to get better, and becoming the best athlete I could be for senior year. However, when I left, I thought to myself, my coach benched me. It's a waste of my time. And it was my coach benched me. That's the important part. It wasn't, I didn't practice hard enough, so I got benched. My initial thought was, my coach benched me. And if you ever hear yourself talking about your job, school, practice, notice that it's either the teacher gave me an A, or I'm sorry, the teacher gave me an F, or I got an A. We always say I got, and in, in some sense that we earned the positive aspects of everything, and we're so quick to say, oh, they gave me this, when it's negative. And that's a subconscious way of expressing what we take ownership of even when we're not paying attention to it and other people could pick up on it but we're just thinking oh I'm just talking about how I got an F on that test when really what my mouth said was the teacher gave me an F but we know next week when you get an A you'll say I got an A out loud the teacher didn't give me an A I earned that A that's how it comes out so knowing this 
knowing what we put blame on in our life, even subconsciously, and then it comes out of our mouth, in the midst of difficult times like my soccer career when I thought, you know, I was the coach was benching me and I wasn't working hard enough back then to earn my spot. Each time we take control back or we take ownership of every small aspect, my figure and my thought is that if I take responsibility for every single thing that happens to me and only half of them work out the way I want to or the way I need them to because I worked my butt off, then I'm on the up. I'm ahead of the curve. Going in the opposite direction definitely is not going to get me there any faster. This is how I operate Health Possible, VitaFlow, this radio station, anything that I do, the cleanliness of my house, everything I do, my dog's health, how fit she is, how fit I am, also my own health, right? If I am taking responsibility for as many things as possible, then I can and only will give my best at them. 99.9% of the time, we'll leave a 0.1% in there for a bad day or a down day because everybody has one. But if we take responsibility for as many things as possible, guys, we will be and are on the up and ahead of the curve of anything or anyone we're in competition with in our industry or ourself. That is how we get better. That is how we become our best knowing when we have control and it's our turn. We're headed to a commercial break. 106.7 FM, The Big Talker. We'll be right back. Could you turn your life around with a holistic healthcare scholarship? Do you need guidance and the finances to improve your health and confidence from the right personal trainer, mental health counselor, or registered dietitian? Health Possible Inc.'s mission is to provide financial aid and guidance for fitness, nutrition, and mental health care to improve the overall health of our community. Health Possible Inc. has been providing Wilmington's original wellness financial aid and care coordination since 2017, ready to help you by a simple application process at healthpossibleinc.org. If you are dependent in any aspect of your health, visit healthpossibleinc.org today and learn how we can be more independent together. Remember, life gets better when you do. I'll talk to you later. I love you. I miss you. I love you very much. I'll just call and tell you that I love you. Good luck. I love you. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Sarah Ald Show. 6-7 FM, The Big Talker. I'm your host, Sarah Ald. We are back on this Wednesday. I love the beginning of my show, those voicemail clips from each of my family members. The last one is my brother when he says, good luck, I love you. I feel like every day I record, my brother is actually wishing me good luck before I come on air with you guys. So that's really cool to me. But so today, we just went over... Uh, placing blame externally and how it's not taking blame internally. Two negatives, right? We want to get rid of both of those negatives and making a positive out of it and calling it responsibility, right? So moving forward to the second segment today, let's talk about the phases of forgiveness. Have you ever heard of of the phases of forgiveness? 
probably not because I made up that name for it the other day. So the phases of forgiveness. I learned that, you know, through being burned in my life, I've been burned at jobs. I've had people steal from me. I've been lied to, uh, lost old friends, gained new ones, been through, you know, most things that all of these listeners have been through, most things that you've probably been through just on a different scope, but we all get burned at some point in life. And I realized the other day that there are phases of forgiveness. And when I thought about how I felt through the process of letting go of my anger and letting go of this pain that we inflict on ourselves by hating other people or being upset or, you know, not forgiving them. The first phase is the most painful because we don't want to do it. We don't want to forgive them. And usually it starts because we feel we're supposed to, you know, we should let go of the burn and maybe even continue having a relationship with these people in some way that have hurt us. So, the phases of forgiveness, I would say number one, it's painful. And at the same time, because it's painful, it's actually selfless. Not selfish, selfless. We're doing it for their sake. We feel that we're supposed to. We feel that we need to and that maybe people deserve second chances, but it hurts us because we don't want to, right? We're still actually kind of mad at them every now and then. So, Phase one is painful and selfless. Phase two is the longest phase and it's understanding. So through phase two of forgiveness, you actually start to understand that by hating somebody or by being mad at somebody or by not forgiving them, they can't actually feel that emotion. That pain is only in your body. And it's hate. It's, it's resentment. We'll call it resentment, even if it's not hate. So if you're resenting a person or a situation, you're inflicting pain on yourself. And when you can really grasp and understand how that's not something that flees your body onto the other person, you figure out it's a waste of time. You're only hurting yourself. This takes a while to grasp, and I think it happens the most often. I think usually we find phase two when someone is not present in our lives anymore and we're still resenting them. And that's because they're not even paying attention to you. So now it's almost like it bothers you even more. Or hopefully, through this understanding process, less That the person is not responsive to your resentment. And you start to see, wow, I'm very emotional. They essentially don't exist in my life anymore. And I need to drop this. Beyond phase two, we start to organically find phase three. And phase three, I've found, is selfish. And at the same time, it's painless. So we've gone opposites. The first one, first phase selfless for the other person. We're like, okay, fine, I forgive you. But it's painful because we don't want to. Phase two is that understanding process of, wow, they can't feel my resentment. Only I can feel it and it's hurting me, not them. And we let go of that. And phase three becomes, you know what? I do forgive you because I don't want to be in resenting pain anymore 
So I forgive you. And once you can feel how relieving and the weight that comes off your shoulders of forgiving somebody truly for your own selfish reason, it becomes very easy to forgive people who aren't even asking you for forgiveness ever. And they're never going to. People who hurt you and burn you again or look you in the eye and say, I hate you. And you can actually look at them very calmly and say, that's okay, I forgive you. I forgive you anyway. And they say, well, you, I didn't ask you for forgiveness and I don't want your forgiveness. I'm not sorry. You know, maybe they're really awful to you. Maybe it's a boss that just treats you poorly. You start to forgive people anyway because you finally learn how empowering it is to be selfish emotionally. Hate is selfish. Or I'm sorry, hate is selfless. Love is selfish. Sooner or later, it does benefit the other person when you constantly forgive people and you love them and you're just, you're happy with yourself. Leading up to that point, you're, it's very selfless. You're not doing anything for yourself. You're not caring about yourself. If we were more selfish in forgiveness, we would be more loving as mankind, as people, as coworkers, family members. Next time you fight with your sibling and, you know, it becomes clear they don't care how mad you are because, you know, they teased you or did this or hid this or threw something at you or called your ex, you know, whatever, however it is that you and your siblings pick on each other. Notice that they don't care and it only hurts you and that as soon as you forgive them for something they didn't ask forgiveness for, they'll feel closer to you. They'll have a better bond with you. There's more love in that situation because you're, you love yourself enough to love them unconditionally. This is how we breed unconditional love. We forgive because we know that, you know, people didn't mean what they said. Or if they did, we wish them to get better. I always wish for people to get better. When somebody hurts me, I just say, wow, I really hope you get better. Just my way of doing things. But so this is how we create unconditional love. This is what I have in my family. We get so mad at each other. We fight. We scream. We argue. We debate. You know, we argue. Uh, even the kids cry <laughs> because we argue so bad. But we forgive each other even when the other person's not asking for it. We call back the next day or later that night. Hey, yada yada. How's it going? We don't even bring it up. And the other person doesn't ask. We just move on with our conversation. And one person's typically happier than the other, but sooner or later, that happiness toward the angry person starts to, uh, starts to intertwine with them, inflict on them, impress on them. And they gradually become wrapped around it. And they start to give it back. We respond with what we're given. We mirror each other. All people do. You look at me this way, my face organically becomes that way too. If you, if you were to bend your eyebrow at somebody, the other person automatically bends their eyebrow very quickly. We're made to mirror expressions, emotions, feelings, conversations, mannerisms. This is how we adapt. 
this is what adaptable people do. People with, you know, lots of friends, big social circles. They can adapt to any personality and they mirror those personalities when they're with them. They can relate with them. When we forgive, when we go through the phases of forgiveness and we finally hit phase three, the selfish one that's loving, people mirror that back to you, even the ones that resented you. Sooner or later, love takes over, an unconditional love. People appreciate forgiveness even when they did the wrong thing. Vice versa, so do we. We appreciate forgiveness when we're wrong. And these are the three phases of forgiveness that I literally came up with the other day. Knowing it's painful, then we understand it, and then we learn how to let go. Thank you for listening to the Sarah Ald Show. We will be back in just a few minutes. 106.7 FM, The Big Talker. In a time when health is so important, make sure you fuel your body with foods that boost your immune system. Acai, elderberry, turmeric, and ginger are a few immune-boosting ingredients that we regularly tend to neglect. Add any of these superfoods to your made-in-house acai bowl, smoothie, or fresh-pressed juice. Visit your locally-owned USDA-certified organic clean juice bar for the best organic nutrients money can buy. We have locations in Mayfair or on Front Street, downtown in Wilmington. Stay Stay healthy healthy in body and strong in spirit. spirit. See you soon. Have you ever heard the phrase, look good, feel good? Well, psychologically, it's true. But what if we told you VitaFlow can actually do both? With hydration therapy using VitaFlow's IV infusion, it will help you stay hydrated while enriching your hair, skin, and nails with the vitamins and antioxidants they need to grow, glow, and be strong. Love the look of your skin, and your skin will love you back because you are giving it what it needs. VitaFlow is now open in Lumina Commons, so call now to book a hydration therapy appointment, 910-222-8850. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Sarah Ald Show. 1067 FM, The Big Talker. I am your host, Sarah Ald. Welcome back for a third segment today. Hopefully you stayed with us through the first two segments. We are closing up this Wednesday on the Sarah Ald Show. In the first segment, I went over blame and accountability and what the difference is. Uh, In the second segment, we went over the three phases of forgiveness. If you did not hear that one, I highly recommend checking that out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Look me up, Sarah Ald. Uh, It is not under the Sarah Ald Show. That is just what I refer to these segments every week as, but look me up there and you can hear any old show I've done in the past. Okay, so for, for this segment, let's talk about fear. So I recently sat down with the vice president of a bank here in town, and we had a really in-depth conversation uh, right right toward the end of the pandemic about you know fundraising and about um, new programs and why people move, why people want to be a part of Health Possible, and why people struggle during the pandemic. So many different aspects with fear here. So he taught me. I never realized, I never put my finger on this before, but he definitely explained to me the best way how people's number one motivator in life is fear. Everything that we do essentially comes from, even if it's a small fear, some form of, well, I don't want to go in debt or 
I don't want to fail school. I don't want to be bad at sports. I don't want to not make enough money. I don't want a bad relationship. So many of these things that we pursue in life are derived from fear. Often we can still see the goal in front of us and it's something we reach for and it's something we hope to attain. But at the same time, there can't only be a pull. There has to be a push and a pull for something to fully execute itself, at least at its most optimal capacity. So you're getting pushed in your back by fear and pulled in front of you by passion, desire, uh, the things that make you really happy to wake up in the morning. If you've never heard of the Blue Zones, I highly recommend looking it up. It's one of my favorite projects uh, in health and especially in holistic health. It is a National Geographic Explorer, da uh, Dan Butner's project, where he found Blue Zones all around the planet. And what these Blue Zones are is the highest average of centenarians in the world. So people who live to be over 100, the most people that live to be over 100. And I believe it was in Okinawa, Japan, he found that these people had what they called their ikigai. And in translation was their purpose to wake up every morning. So when they would ask these people what their ikigai was, they immediately had an answer in a snap of what their purpose was to wake up every single day. So we need to ask ourselves this question. Do we have this, as the Blue Zones calls it, an ikigai? Or are we primarily being motivated by our fears? Now both can be true, but what is the heavier, the more dominant part in your mind every day? Do you wake up and jet out of bed because you fear getting in trouble at work? Or do you wake up and jet out of bed every day because you're excited to go to your job? Those are two extremely different feelings. I think both are very important to have. So when we're talking about health and fitness and, you know, in so even in Ikinawa, uh, or I'm sorry, Okinawa, Japan, they knew their purpose every single day, also from a health standpoint. It was family, socialization, spirituality, uh, to garden, to do things that had to do with their lifestyle. When we ask ourselves, are we getting up because we're being pushed more by our fear? Or are we getting up because we're being pulled by our purpose? And same thing throughout the day, what we do every day, what gym we go to, uh, you know, what our job is, the families we go home to. If you are more so doing things out of fear, a good way to, to kind of dissect if it's right or wrong for you is, would I feel this way if my life were X, X, Y, or Z? Would I feel this way if my job was X? Would I feel this way if my fitness center was X? And so forth. If you can confidently ask yourself if you're being more motivated by fear or more pulled by desire, it becomes a bit more clear to understand whether you're on the right path or not. It doesn't mean that it's your 
end all be all. Where you are is where you have to stay. But it can certainly tell you that you are either moving left or right in the direction of what I talked about actually in last week's show, which was your purpose. Discovering your purpose. If you never have felt that gut intuitive feeling of having a purpose, then you have the opportunity to create one. Everyone in life has the option to take control of situations, to take ownership of situations, to in some capacity, even at the lightest, pursue what they love, what they're gravitated toward. Don't be pushed over ledges by fear. And I, I do have to say on the other side of fear is a life well lived, right? It's your comfort zone. So if fear is stopping you, you there's a desire there to do something. If fear is pushing you, then I would say you're in a negative situation. So ask yourself those questions. What could I be doing? Or if I was XYZ, would I still feel this fearful? And if you know that the answer is that you're more drawn to a situation that's different than the one you're currently in, change your environment. Rebuild that environment. Rebuild yourself. Seek out additional advice. Seek out friends, family. Uh, Try to pursue that, even if it's just sending an email, giving somebody a phone call or a text message. I can't believe to this day that I went to college to be a a communications major to be a talk show host and it took five years for me to get here on air with you all today but I would do small things over time because I was gravitated toward talking to you all this way I would execute small habits over time reaching out to radio stations even if I didn't know what I was talking about at the time I would send emails. I would make friends with them. I would find them on social media. I would um, I, I would just do anything possible to meet these people or reach out to them. So that was me being drawn by my passion, right? Now, I love all of my jobs and I love managing my healthcare companies. Past jobs in my life... I can honestly say I was doing them out of fear. I was bartending out of fear of not having enough money. I hated bartending. There's nothing wrong with it. I just hated it. It kept me up all night and I was exhausted. I loved babysitting, but I did three jobs at once out of fear. Out of fear of not being able to take care of myself. I went to school. I didn't know anything about college. I went to college out of fear of the unknown. I didn't have a clue what I would do if I didn't go to college. I didn't know what job I could get. I didn't, I didn't even know who I was. I was a kid. So leading up to the career and the multiple careers I currently have and I'm pursuing, I did everything before that out of fear and my life was very stressful and very hard. And now I can say being a grown adult and gravitating toward the things that I love and trying my best to take control of every single situation, taking accountability. If I want this, I have to do something about it kind of attitude, reaching out to radio stations, reaching out to talk show hosts. It became, now I am so drawn out of bed every single day. I'm like a different person. 
And people who have passion for what they do and love what they do, I'm sure that resonates with you if you're one of those people. Uh, Doing things out of fear or feeling nothing at all, while doing things out of fear are still a motivator, it doesn't always make it right. So yes, we as humans are significantly motivated by fear and sometimes it, it can make us do almost anything. Sometimes it's like being held at gunpoint. But ask yourself, am I being pushed by my fears or am I being pulled by my passions? And that will help you hopefully make a better choice about your pursuits and your career, maybe a little leap of faith today. Uh, Thank you for listening to The Sarah Ald Show, 106.7 FM, The Big Talker. We will be back with you on Friday.